Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson, and I'm so excited to be on today's program. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Blue Devils your first listen every single day, discussing everything going on in the world of Duke athletics. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and you can personally follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. We've got a lot of things that we need to discuss today, and on today's program, I'm so thrilled because Donald Wine from the Duke Basketball Report is set to join us here today. Once again, one of our favorite guests has time in his schedule for us, and we're so grateful for that. As we get started today, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. As we dive right in, Donald Wine joining me here today, talking all things Duke basketball. Donald, how are you? We've entered the uh, the holiday season. I hope you're doing well. Hey, thanks. It's good to be back. Uh, uh, it's been fun, like, the last few weeks. Last week, we had a bunch of games. But, uh, yeah, we get to – after tomorrow, we get to take another break, and then ACC season's here. Like, that's – we're really, we're really rolling, rolling really quickly. How would you pass time during the two weeks where we did have Duke basketball? I breathed. I mean, I think that's what you kind of have to do, right? Like with, with Duke basketball, eight games in 20 days was a lot of games, even for Duke. Right. And, and especially given that last year we had at the same time had like four games. Right. Total. Uh, it, it was good for the, for the team to take a break and it was good for kind of fans to kind of rest and kind of reevaluate. What do you, rem- obviously the two week layoff of course was, was a variety of different things going into finals week the exam period and then finding opponents that are also kind of going through the same things. What are some of your finals week memories that you have from your days as a Duke student? Uh, well, studying and trying to get out of yeah. there so that I can be done with that. But uh, I mean, honestly, it's, it's interesting, right? Because when it comes to being a student finals week, everyone thinks you're just like locked down and you're in, and you're doing a bunch of stuff, but yes, you are doing that. But for Duke students, you also, you know, you're packing up because you have to leave the dormitories if you're, you know, I was finishing up football because I was working as a video guy for the football team, working on the basketball side of things, you know, trying to prepare for the basketball games. Then you have like holiday shopping, you know, holiday parties, yeah. things, the little things like that, where you would think, yes, you have plenty of time to do all of that. But when you add all of those, it becomes a time crunch. There's a lot to do. You're right. And uh, obviously uh, getting the best grades on the exams, that sort of thing is what's important for these basketball players. And now they get back into work. And boy, they had to get back to work pretty quickly. As you said, three games in five days. Let's talk about just this last week in particular. What did you learn about Duke basketball that you might not have already known uh, through the first stretch and on-conference play? I figured they were resilient, but you have to be resilient to get through a week like this. This honestly could have been one of the hardest weeks that they've been through. Three games in five days, in six days. But also, JJ, you also remember the game on Saturday against Elon was their third opponent that was supposed to be playing on that date. And right. over the course of two days, we were, you know, preparing for Cleveland State. Then we prepared for, uh, the, I don't remember the second team. Loyola, Maryland. Loyola, yeah. Maryland. Like they were, they were, they were an opponent for like 12 hours. <laughs> yeah. and then they had to drop out. And then we get Elon. So 
I, I commend the team for being resilient and being able to bounce back from that App State game. And in the course of two days, learning about three different opponents and preparing and being able to execute uh, is a hard thing to do. But on top of that, being tired from not playing in two weeks and then playing two games in four days, that's a big stretch. And I think people have to realize that they did a great job at bouncing back from those games and being resilient and rolling with the punches as they came. Yeah, honestly, the, the South Carolina State game, for one, was just so impressive because you talk about the layoff that you have and too many times – it feels like a team's going to come out rusty, and rightfully so. You haven't played in two full weeks. Your body all of a sudden isn't as conditioned as it was when they had the eight games in a 20-day stretch. But coming out of the gates, this Duke basketball team was just as dominant as they were to start the year. And I know that you know going into the week, everyone assumed that Duke basketball was going to go 3-0. and but, Donald, I think it would be fair to assume, as we've seen every year with even the best of Duke teams, with even the best of college basketball teams, not every game is going to be your best. Not every time – are, and I know that Vegas isn't where you go all the time, but not every time are you going to cover the spread, quite frankly. Sometimes games mm-hmm. are going to be a little bit more competitive against teams that they shouldn't be. That just wasn't the case at all. Like, Duke didn't care who was coming into the gym. They were going to win by a convincing margin as they were supposed to on paper – and all three nights they got it done. Yeah, and, and really, if you think about it, the rust was present in certain aspects of the game on different nights, right? Like, I think the biggest rust that we saw was that first half against App State, right. and that really didn't have anything to do with Duke. It had everything to do with how great App State came out, and again, they were a team that recognized the opportunity of playing in Cameron, and they took full advantage of it, at least for the first you know 23 minutes of the game before Duke was able to open it up. But I really, you know, we all expected some sort of rust from this two-week layoff because we always have it. And uh, it's great that they were able to come back. They were shooting well from beyond the arc. They, they the first time ever, I believe, that they hit 15 threes in back-to-back games, which is something that yeah. we love seeing threes. But to go in the clip that they were going in was incredible. And then following it up with just a, a very solid performance against Elon, you have to give them credit for how they bounced back from that that rust and that layoff and just kind of got, got rid of it very quickly. Let me fact check you for a moment. The, the 15 threes in back-to-back games, ESPN Stats and Info, quick to point out the first time Duke had done that since 2000-2001, a national championship team for the Blue Devils. Hey, anytime, we'll take that too, right? Exactly. <laughs> anytime, that's the thing. Anytime you see one of those stats, I don't know how to feel though, Donald, right? Because mm-hmm. – I'm, I'm a fan. I'm already eager, as any great fan is. You think before the season even starts, oh, this is going to be the next one. This is going to be our sites are on six. We're getting banner number six this year. You start getting more and more little tidbits like that, saying this is the first time since blank, and the blank is another national championship game. Do you just jump to conclusions like I do, Donald? Do you just get so excited about what you're saying? Well, you're already excited about this team. I right. mean, there's there's a lot to be excited about for this team. So every time you hear one of these things, it just kind of reaffirms that you're right to be excited about the potential for this team. We know this team has the potential to be a national championship team. It may not happen, but at least we know that potential is there. And so far, they're living up to that potential, which is very exciting. All right, Duke basketball now getting ready for ACC play as they will welcome in Virginia Tech a little bit later tonight. You're listening to a Wednesday Locked On Blue Devils. I'm J.J. Jackson, of course, with my very good friend Donald Wine, the second from the Duke basketball report. So, Donald, jumping into ACC play, how are you feeling about Duke this time of year? 
I feel great. I mean, I'm glad we're getting Virginia Tech at home right. on a Wednesday uh, to kind of start things off and that we had this week to kind of get, you know, work out some of the things that we needed to improve on or just work on the things that we were improving on over the break. So I really like that this matchup is now as opposed to later on because Virginia Tech is a very tough team and they play us very tough, especially when we're on the road. So I'm glad we're getting them at home. And hopefully, you know, there's a lot of things that are going to be interesting about this game, namely the inside battle and the turnover battle, because I think the turnover battle, both teams take care of the basketball and both teams like to force a lot of turnovers, whether it be through the steal or just through forcing you into a bad decision. So that'll be an interesting dynamic in this game to see who's going to take care of the basketball better. That could be the team that wins this game. Give me a little more on the inside battle and what you're expecting. Yeah, well, I think when it comes to Mark Williams and Paulo Bancaro, they've been showing out very, very well. But they got to keep that going. And Theo John is now back. He's played a couple of games. I know he was out against South Carolina State with that back injury. But he's come back, and just having that as a presence is good. Because inside, we really are, are dominant inside. And that's right. where a lot of our, our, uh, our scoring has come from. But also, it maintains our balance. Because once people start flooding down, downstairs – then we get to kick it out to the perimeter where, again, over the last week, we've had a really good week. So Virginia Tech is going to be very hard-pressed to try and force us to take bad shots on the perimeter or make bad decisions on the perimeter. And that's where Wendell Moore steps in. And you have guys like A.J. Griffin coming off the bench, who's been our, you know, our X factor of the last week. This is a very, very interesting game to me. Today's show is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Price Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have ever heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns and even interceptions thrown. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections and you can come up and win 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Make sure you use promo code Locked On, and that promo code will receive a 100% Instant deposit match up to $100. Prize pick allows mixed sport entries as you can combine football, basketball, and any other sport. It's an awesome thing to check out. As also, make sure you use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made up in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com. Use promo code Locked On or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. NetSuite, this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eye. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software to see the full picture. You need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of the competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Head to NetSuite.com slash NCAA for a special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system 
for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Wendell's been great. AJ stepped up, as you said. Trevor Keels kind of got back out of a, a shooting slump, which was amazing to see. And talking about the bigs on the inside, the one area of, I don't know if concern is the right word, but definitely something to be cognizant of, I would say, that folks are addressing is Duke's rebounding efforts so far this season. Kind of surprising. I mentioned how well they've been doing in terms of covering the spread. They lead the conference in margin of victory and that sort of thing. So they're being dominant on the scoreboard. But in terms of the rebounding margin, they're ranked in the 150s in all of NCAA Division I basketball. That's odd, Donald, and I can't quite figure out why that's the case. Yeah, and it's not that it's bad positioning. It's just sometimes sometimes when you force a team to take bad shots, you get bad rebounds, right? You get bad misses. Misses that go 20 feet instead of I've never of heard it explained that way, but you're exactly yeah, right. Yeah, and, and growing up playing basketball, you knew as a, as a three-point shooter that if you shoot a ball really wild from 30 feet, it can rebound 20 feet because, right. of how, because of how you shoot it. You have to put more pressure. You have to put more force on it. You know, physics that I didn't have to pass in college <laughs> all apply, and then the, you, get, you get long rebounds. So we've had a lot of those, and I think – when it comes, you know, to short rebounds, we're going and going after him and getting him. We have Mark Williams who can jump over everyone. Paulo and, and Theo can outmuscle anyone. And so those are fine. But I think when it comes to this team, you have Kevin Loma, who is, you know, a preseason first first teammate all ACC. He was all ACC last year. He's one of the best players in the conference and he can rebound. So we got to put a body on him because if we can get him out of the paint, we're going to have a lot of one and outs on defense and that'll help transition where we've been excelling at. I mentioned Trevor Keels a moment ago. He came out of a shooting slump this past week, so much so that he was named the ACC Freshman of the Week, averaging 14.7 points per game over the three contests. Was there anything different that you saw out of Trevor? Was it, quite frankly, shot selection? Was it just the ball going into the net? I think it's all of, all of the above, confidence, shot selection. Because for him, he knows he was in a slump, but the way shooters get out of a slump is by shooting. Right. And sometimes you just need that ball to go in and give you the confidence to say, oh, yes, I've seen it. Now I can go do it again. And it seemed like that helped him, especially against Elon, where he kind of came out of uh, that slump in a big way. But I, I really think for him also, he's confident in getting to the basket and putting the ball in that going to the line, making free throws where he's a pretty good free throw shooter. So I think those sort of things, the confidence that he is now getting is going to help him shoot and, and more of those baskets are going to go in. Talking with Donald Wine from the Duke basketball report as Duke gets set to open up ACC play a little bit later tonight versus Virginia tech, a full week off for the holiday. And then of course they will play Clemson on the road, their first road contest on December 29th in ACC play. Duke does not have a current top 25 ranked opponent on their schedule the rest of the way. That's something that basketball fans and writers and journalists want to point out immediately to you about the ACC. Here we are, Donald, like the fourth or fifth straight week, something crazy where Duke is the only ranked team in the conference so far this season. One, why is that? Two, does that worry you about Duke going down the stretch? It doesn't worry me necessarily about Duke, but it does worry me about the rest of the ACC. Um, the problem is the ACC against the big-time opponents that they have been scheduling have not been playing well. They've been losing a lot of those games, and even when they lose them, they're not losing close. They're, they're, getting, they're getting pummeled by some teams, and even some teams have some really bad losses, and that's not helping the ACC either. I believe North Carolina only, was one of them this past weekend versus Kentucky. 
Exactly. Not exactly. Good for the you got to win those games. Yeah. You got to win those games. Honestly, I didn't care who won either. Of those yeah, games. Exactly. That's a game where <laughs> both teams lose. But really, I mean, like when you think about it, there's only three teams in the ACC who have a win over a top 30 opponent. And Duke has two of those wins. The other one is Notre Dame. And the other one is UNC. Like that can't happen. And so, but the problem is now we're entering ACC season where all these teams have to play each other. So the cream of the ACC, now they need to rise to the top. They need to show that, hey, we had a bad November and bad December, but January and February are going to be great. You need to see teams along with Duke, they're getting 13, 14, 15 wins in conference to show that, hey, that was just an aberration. But when you play the best teams in our conference week in and week out, we can beat those teams and show that they can beat a team on a neutral court in the NCAA tournament. That's the, that's the big key for, I mean, Duke is going to be fine in that regard. As long as we keep playing the way we're playing, it's the ACC, the rest of it, as they keep winning those, those wins will all obviously help Duke too. We're taking a look at Duke basketball as they get set for ACC play opening up tonight, nine o'clock Eastern tip off. Always love the late games to get us started uh, into ACC play a few days shy of Christmas here. As I want to transition our conversation again, Donald Wines here with us from the Duke Basketball Report. They do an amazing podcast that you should check out. I certainly enjoy listening to it myself uh, every time that it comes out. And something that's been discussed a lot amongst the Duke community, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this show, Donald. But uh, we've got a new football coach, Mike Elko, coming over from Texas A&M where he was a defensive coordinator for three years, now leading the charge for Duke. How do you feel about it? I feel great. Uh, I, I really, you know, when there's a couple things that you want to hear that he's going after good recruits and that he's, you know, talking about what he wants to instill. And really he was talking about Duke competing for division championships, competing for ACC titles. That's what we're looking for. And, and really, I mean, in a fan base where, yeah, of course, going to bowl games, we are still a fan base that will not take a bowl game for granted. Every time we've gone to a bowl game in the last decade, we have led the ACC in attendance because we recognize that those things don't right. come every single year. So we are at a position where he now can take it to the next level from what the, the culture that Cutcliffe instilled. He can say, OK, now we have a team that can compete every single year. Let's go compete every single year. So I really liked what he had to say about that and just instilling that momentum of we are going to we are not just aiming for bowl games anymore. We're aiming for top prizes. We're aiming for rings. And let's see, let's go out and get the recruits that we need to do it. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are certainly missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-sugar, low-fat, and high in protein. All the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious with so many flavors. This month, Built Bar is coming out with a whole new limited-time flavors every three to four days. So check their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. The promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at Built.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. 
Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your sports. Bet online where the game starts. In the spirit of Christmas coming up this weekend, Donald, if we were to put together sort of a, a wish list, so to speak, for Duke football, for this new era and that sort of thing, what do you want, man? And it's okay. It's, it's Christmas time. Santa's coming. You're allowed to be a little greedy here with high expectations. But what would be on that wish list for the future of Duke football? I'd like to see Duke be mentioned as a team that people don't want to play anymore. And, I mean, when I grew up, when That's I was in answer. school. When I was in school, I mean, I didn't see a win until my junior year in college. So, and I was a video guy. So I had to videotape a lot of bad football. But having said that, we are in a position now where teams are kind of like, oh yeah, well, Duke had a moment where they were, you know, we didn't really like playing them because they were always a tough out. I want that to be the standard. And I think Coach Cut instilled that standard. And of course, the last couple of years didn't quite meet those expectations, but at least we were aiming for that. And now we have a coach who I think can go for those and say, look, you want to play Duke? That's on you. We're going to, we're going to beat you. We're going to beat the, we're going to play the big teams. I want to see us go after some of these teams and maybe, maybe we will lose a couple along the way, but we'll pick a couple of them off. That's what I want to see is Duke get back to that level where when they, when they list the, the ACC in the, in the, in the preseason, they're saying, Hey, Duke is going to be that team that, you know, they may finish fourth, they may finish first, but you better pay attention to them. Right. It is not a bye week anymore. I'm not wanting this to come across as a knock towards any coach that's been at Duke before. Or any you, you couldn't do that. I mean, David Cutcliffe was there for 14 years and mm-hmm. took this program to amazing spots. But does that not almost buy into sort of Elko being more of a defensive-minded guy? That kind of mindset, and for whatever reason, Donald, I just attribute that to defensive-minded football coaches that you do want to be more hard-nosed, more gritty, and that sort of thing. Yeah, and that's where the excitement lies, too, because if you think about, you know, other than, you know, Daniel Jones, we've had a lot of guys enter the NFL over the last decade through the defensive side of the football, uh-huh. uh, defensive ends, cornerbacks, safeties. We have guys that are playing on Sundays and calling their name out on Sunday night football saying they went to Duke, and the, a lot of them are lining up on the defensive side of the football. So it'll be very exciting to see what we can do with a defensive-minded coach bringing in some of these guys and tell, tell them, look, we are going to – just run over people and make it where they are going to have a tough day on the field because Duke's defense has showed up to play. It's not just a Duke thing. It's, it's definitely more so a, a widespread college football thing. Don't necessarily see it as much at the NFL level, but sometimes you do. It's just always interesting to me, Donald, that you make a decision to move on from a head coach. Obviously things did not go well for an organization or university to make that decision. And you want to switch. You want to do something that you weren't doing prior, right? Elko being a defensive guy, Right before him was David Cutcliffe, an offensive-minded coach. Before him was Ted Roof on the defensive side of the football. Before Ted Roof was Carl Franks on the offensive side of the football. It just goes back and forth, man. Yeah, and, and, and this, this funny about football is because you, you really want to excel on both sides of the football, but then there you have this struggle every single time of which one do you want to <laughs> have as the centerpiece. And, you know, some teams, like, they, they pride themselves on having, you know, one side of the football being the most dominant, right? Like, 
you know, the black shirts of Nebraska or like, you know, QBU or whatever, right? Center back U, DBU, whatever you want to call your school. You, a lot of people like to focus on one side of the football. But for Duke, we're such a well-rounded university. We feel like it also should apply to our football team and our basketball team and all of our sports. So I think it's I don't think it's a coincidence that we keep going back and forth because we want to excel on both sides of the football uh, whenever we play. And at the end of the day, it's kind of silly, too, when you think about it, because these coaches have this background of being a coordinator on one side of the football for whatever reason and, and have that mindset. But then when you step into this new head coaching role, you don't want your coach to do that, right? As soon as obviously having many, many years of my lifetime being in the SEC, as soon as a coach, a head coach is spending way too much time on one side of the ball versus the other, you've got a problem amongst your mm -hmm. team. And so it's wild. We switch kind of philosophies, but with Elko, it's like, no, be the head coach, be the CEO of all this and make sure the coordinators come together, which Donald is why putting a good staff together is so important. Yeah, and it sounds like he's putting together a great staff so far, which I'm really excited about as well. Just to kind of, you know, for us, we're at the point now where having outside fresh perspectives every now and then will always help you grow because it'll always, if you get that mindset coming in that we're just going to do the same thing every single year, you're going to get stagnant after a while. And I think now that we're bringing in some new assistants, we have a new head coach, not to say that the other, other regime, you know, other uh, regime was Right. Not not good, but it's more about, hey, we need to have these fresh ideas of what what are other people doing to get to the level that they're at? Texas A&M under Elko, they were in the SEC, so they need to know, hey, what are we what are we doing here <laughs> that we can bring over to Duke and make it where Duke can be one of the premier football programs in the ACC and compete for ACC championships every year? That's what we're looking for. And in bowl games, we're still going to be, you know, going to those. And, and hopefully that's something that we have to figure out, you know, JJ, we were talking about wh where we're going for bowl games every year and uh, right around Christmas. I hope that is an every year problem, right? <laughs> I hope that's an every year thing where I'm like, you know, Christmas, I'm going to go see my family. And then Duke plays over here and I'll right. go. Okay. That's what I want to do. And I think Elko is the man to help us get in that direction. That could be added to our Christmas wish list for sure, that we want to have to schedule holiday plans around a nice bowl places game for, yeah for, yeah exactly florida arizona you know this way is too many nice ball games Sugar in florida bowl, not to wanna, be you know, out there exactly <laughs> exactly exactly it's donald wine joining us here today on locked on blue devils from the duke basketball report he's on twitter at blaze and dw and check out duke basketball report at dbrspn tell me what's going on with you guys over at uh, the site donald and and a podcast rundown if you will if folks haven't heard you before yeah well uh, i mean we're, we're reviewing the duke game every single play every single you know game that we have we're reviewing it we just came out with an ACC preview episode uh, that includes uh, it was from yesterday so it previews the game tonight against Virginia Tech so definitely be on the lookout for that but we have a lot of content coming as the game comes uh, as the games keep coming along in the new year we are going to keep bringing some more content to you and, <laughs> and really in this COVID world we just have to be on our toes uh, and, and be ready for the unexpected because, as we know, things can change in a heartbeat. And uh, we're, we're, you know, we're just shaking, trying to shake with that. But really, this is the holiday period, so we get to have a nice little break before we get right into the meat of ACC season. And we couldn't be more excited. No doubt, it's going to be a whole lot of fun, Donald. Listen, I really do appreciate the time. Always fun catching up with you, and look forward to chatting with you again soon. Okay. Uh, hey, thanks for having me on. A Merry Christmas to you and your family, and uh, we'll we'll check out very soon. Can't wait. That's Donald Wine from Duke Basketball Report joining me here today on Lockdown Blue Devils.